If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. I've been searching high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. So I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. But you need to eat five or more ordinary dark chocolate bars every day to match the flavanols consumed in most of these studies. Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Cocoa Powder and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome to Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist with a master's degree in nutrition and exercise. If you'd like to make an appointment, call the office 212-779-1744, 212-779-1744. I am available virtually too. So Let's see here. Some things I want to talk to you about today. But first, you can email your questions, topics of interest to radio program at AOL.com. That's radio program at AOL.com. I want to talk to you about a study here, and this is from Endocrinology Advisor. It's from the end of May. Effects of a gluten-free diet in patients with type 1 diabetes and asymptomatic celiac disease. Okay, gee, first of all, I hope that even if your celiac disease is symptom-free, that you should still be gluten-free. Okay. Among individuals with type 1 diabetes, adults are more likely to test positive for asymptomatic celiac disease than children, and a gluten-free diet may increase postprandial after-meal glycemic levels, blood sugar levels, according to studies published in Diabetes Care. Well, hold on. First of all, type 1 diabetes, different from type 2. Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune condition where the immune system is attacking the beta cells of the pancreas that are responsible for producing insulin. Once those have been destroyed, you're no longer producing insulin. You must take insulin. That is type 1 diabetes, right? Because it's autoimmune, remember that the main suspects in any autoimmune disease are gluten as well as dairy. Now, in our office, anybody coming in with type 1 diabetes, especially in the beginning of type 1 diabetes, they're tested immediately for gluten and for celiac disease because they often go hand in hand. 
Casein, the protein found in dairy, is also a problem. And that has been found, especially amongst children. I remember back in Dr. Atkins' time. So, individuals with type 1 diabetes are more likely to test positive for celiac disease. And that a gluten-free diet may increase after-meal blood sugar levels, according to the study published in Diabetes Care. Well, yeah. If you have any kind of diabetes, type 2 or type 1, type 1, it still is important to reduce the amount of carbs because you should be able to reduce the amount of insulin that you have to take, right? That's a good thing. You don't want too much insulin, whether it's what your pancreas is secreting or what you have to take orally or via shot, right? So... By decreasing the amount of insulin, by decreasing the amount of carbs, you decrease the amount of insulin, you then are able to keep also the carbs low. Listen, a lot of gluten-free products contain more carbs. You know, gluten-free bread has sugar in it. It's junky stuff. So going to a gluten-free diet, if you're going to use all those different gluten-free products, it may be too many carbs, especially in diabetes. So individuals with type 1 diabetes are at increased risk for celiac disease, but many individuals go undiagnosed as celiac disease frequently <clears throat> presents without symptoms. The effects of a gluten-free diet in individuals with type 1 diabetes and asymptomatic celiac disease has not yet been determined. So to examine this, 2,387 individuals with type 1 diabetes age 8 to 45 years were screened for celiac disease. A total of 51 individuals who were found to have asymptomatic celiac disease were randomly assigned to either a gluten-free or gluten-containing diet for one year. Asymptomatic celiac disease was defined, was defined as having a tissue transglutaminase immunoglobulin A level of greater than 30 and was further confirmed by a, an intestinal biopsy. Dietary adherence was evaluated through the transglutaminase IgA testing and quantification of a dietary gluten intake every three months. Hemoglobin A1c was measured at baseline in every six months during the dietary study. And all participants used continuous glucose monitoring during the study period. Now, individuals aged 18 or less, which was, over, which was about 45% of the study population, were significantly more likely to have previously been screened for celiac disease Okay, so a significant increase in hemoglobin A1c, which is an average marker of blood sugar, was observed in the gluten-free diet group at 12 months compared with baseline, although no significant difference in hemoglobin A1c change was observed between groups. There were also no changes in the percentage of time spent in hypoglycemic, normal glycemic or hyperglycemic ranges observed over the 12-month period. But in the gluten-free diet group, 
after meal glycemia glucose levels was higher at both the two hour and four hour time points relative to before meal levels. So this is interesting. Uh, again, like I say, if you're switching from a regular bread or even a higher fiber bread, a whole grain bread to a gluten free version of that bread, you're definitely getting more carbs. This may explain the higher postprandial glycemia levels, the higher after meal blood glucose levels in those on a gluten-free diet. Well, the researchers concluded that diabetes cl clinicians should be aware of celiac disease as an important autoimmune comorbidity of type 1 diabetes that is frequently asymptomatic. So, Again, anyone who comes into our office with type 1 diabetes or anyone who comes to see me with type 1 diabetes, have you ever been tested for celiac is one of the first questions out of my mouth. And I send them back to their doctor with a test for transglutaminase, endomesial antibodies, all of that, even anti-gliadin antibodies, all of that to make some kind of a determination. So, again... The, the antidote for type 1 diabetes is still a lower-carb diet, so you may administer less insulin. The problem with having all that insulin is it's inflammatory and it can cause weight gain. I've seen way too many type 1 diabetics with this problem. I put them on a lower-carb diet. They're able to lower the insulin they self-administer, and the weight comes down. The inflammatory markers come down. Everything gets better. They have tighter glycemic control. The A1C comes down. It's helpful. So, and of course, further studies should, should include a larger sample size and evaluate the long-term effects of a gluten-free diet in individuals with asymptomatic celiac disease and type 1 diabetes, given potentially higher risks for microvascular and other complications with, with, uh, with celiac disease. So, all right, that's from Endocrinology Advisor that came out around the end of May. So, again, anybody with type 1 diabetes out there diagnosed a long time ago or newly diagnosed, were you ever checked for celiac disease? You don't have to have symptoms. You don't have to have any gastrointestinal complaints like diarrhea. Celiac disease can present many ways or not at all. But it is a matter of testing. And a big clue is anyone with an autoimmune condition, type 1 diabetes being one of them, others being MS, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's disease, Graves' disease, Hashimoto's disease, all of these, sarcoidosis, all of these, it's important that you get tested for celiac disease. All right. And another mention of that, when you're getting tested for celiac disease or gluten sensitivity, you must be eating gluten. If you are on a gluten-free diet for as little as three weeks, your celiac disease, uh, your celiac testing panel, your, your gliadin sensitivity panel may come back with a false negative. You have to be eating gluten to see if those antibodies exist. 
So that's why anybody who is suspect of having celiac disease needs to be tested before they actually embark on that gluten-free diet. It's, it's imperative. Okay. So, uh, if you've been gluten-free, even on and off for as little as six weeks, say, two months, you need to be eating gluten for a few weeks before you have that celiac testing panel, before you have that gluten sensitivity testing panel. It's very important. Otherwise, we can get false negatives. All right, keep that in mind. If you've been gluten-free for a year, oh, I don't have celiac disease. Well, if you've been gluten-free for a year, those celiac antibodies, are they're going to come down. So, of course, it's going to show negative. That means being gluten-free is working. That is not a determination of whether you have celiac disease or not. And the gold standard is still that intestinal biopsy. Although a lot of integrative practitioners rely heavily on the anti-tissue transglutaminase antibodies, the endomesial antibodies, these are two very important tests and very specific and sensitive to celiac disease. So that's why we also use them. Moving on, during stress, prebiotics can order up B vitamins from the microbiome. You know, our microbiome, our gut flora, makes vitamins, B vitamins, it makes vitamin K, it makes biotin. The experience of stress, whether physical, mental, emotional, or metabolic stress, can shift the immune response to a more pro-inflammatory and protective stance. While this may be good for the short run, if there is a truly valid threat, over time it can be destructive. And a more moderate response is more adaptive during a chronic challenge. This is coming from personalized Lifestyle Medicine Institute, Dr. Jeffrey Bland. A recent animal study has discovered that certain prebiotic oligosaccharides given prior to a stressful experience may moderate the immune response to it in an interesting way. It cultivates the growth of gut bacteria that upregulate the synthesis of B vitamins that help to limit the cytokine production, and maintain immune tolerance. So the researchers gave animals a combination of galacto-oligosaccharides, which is found in dairy foods, polydextrose, which is a synthetic dietary fiber, and sialolactose, a breast milk saccharide, also found in cow's milk. They found that the combination, as well as the breast milk saccharide alone, were each able to reduce production of the potent pro-inflammatory cytokines, tumor necrosis factor alpha and interleukin-1 beta and interleukin-6 and immunoreactivity 
to liposaccharides, the most common of which is digestion of lipid and carb-rich junk foods, junk-type foods, that can trigger, trigger immune intolerance and inf inflammation. So upon analyzing and genome sequencing the gut microbiomes of stressed versus non-stressed animals, researchers noted many changes in microbial populations, especially reduced abundance of lactobacilli we're talking about the lactobacillus uh, species, and metabolism of amino acids, proteins, and B vitamins. Stressed animals provided the saccharides, however, showed greater abundance of bifidobacteria that produce various forms of B vitamins, and that their levels related to lower circulating levels of interleukin-6. While these results need to be confirmed in humans, they reveal intriguing links among stress, dietary choices, and contributions from the gut microbiome. We know that so much now is dependent on the, on the gut, and now this showing a response, at least in this animal model, to stress. Because when we're under stress, our microbiome is also activated. And prebiotics can help feed that beneficial flora, that beneficial bacteria. So where are we getting prebiotics? Almonds, Jerusalem artichoke, onions, leek family, onions, all of that, uh, um, asparagus. There are lots of prebiotics in various foods. When you're getting an abundance of produce, you're getting many, many prebiotics. If you're eating kiwi, you're getting the enzymes there associated also with beneficial uh, uh, bowel regularity, as well as prebiotic foods. Eat a variety of produce. Eat what's in season. Eat an abundance of vegetables and fruits. Try to get at least five colors a day in your produce. You're getting plenty of bioflavonoids, antioxidants, all of that, right? But you're also getting beneficial prebiotics. Some oligosaccharides, some polysaccharides, all in these carbohydrate foods. But these are not high-sugar carbohydrate foods that we're talking about. Eat a variety of produce. You're getting plenty of prebiotics there that help to feed the beneficial probiotics existing in your gut. Eat fermented food such as kimchi or sauerkraut, natural lactic acid fermented sauerkraut, natural lactic acid fermented pickles, right? I love kimchi. I still love kimchi. There's always a jar in my fridge. Use it as a condiment. Use it as a side dish. This is probiotic food. You're nourishing your beneficial flora and thereby under times of stress, like now, pandemic, everything that's going on, 
that beneficial bacteria that your microbiome is, is ordering up, those prebiotics are ordering up from your microbiome, from your beneficial bacteria in your microbiome ordering up the B vitamins to deal with stress. What burns out? What, what is burned out? Which micronutrients are burned out when we're under stress? B vitamins, magnesium. Take a good multivitamin. Eat some probiotic foods. Take a probiotic. There are many out there. And it's important to replenish the bifidobacterium species, the lactobacillus species. These are all found in popular probiotics and in probiotic foods, right? You can go to drhoffman.com, click on the store. There's a variety of probiotics there on full script. We like essential formula. We like orthobiotic. We like the regactive series of probiotics. Eating a good, healthy diet, it always starts with that first. That will be always your first line of defense. Eating a variety of foods, your produce, and some fer fermented vegetables. This is all good, right? So, ordering up during times of stress from your microbiome, beneficial B vitamins to help lower those inflammatory cytokines that are triggered during times of stress, right? This is all how it all works together. Interesting stuff, right? I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Are you like millions across the country concerned about blood pressure, heart health, or energy levels? Meet Berkeley Life, a once-a-day supplement that supports healthy circulation and may help maintain a healthy heart. Berkeley Life is scientifically developed to boost nitric oxide, a signaling molecule your body naturally produces that helps maintain a healthy cardiovascular system. Berkeley Life is a 100% drug-free supplement without the nasty side effects of prescription drugs. It's one of my personal solutions to maintain cardiovascular health and vitality throughout the day. Berkeley Life also has a test strip that allows you to track your nitric oxide production as you supplement. If you're worried about blood pressure, now is the time to try Berkeley Life. Head to agewellbl.com Hoffman and use offer code Hoffman at checkout for 10% off your first order and free shipping. That's agewellbl.com slash Hoffman for Berkeley Life Nitric Oxide Support Supplements. agewellbl.com slash Hoffman. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.